You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round table come take a look at the crown baby go hello and welcome to another episode of the fantasy football round table podcast it is friday it is week 14 we had yet another epic comeback last night so plenty of fun things to talk about i'm joined right now by dennis matt will be along shortly but dennis how has your week been the week has been a grind it's the holiday season the days are short. Work is a slog. On the plus side, I got to host my first Dynasty Nerd show on BSN last night. So I filled Garrett was out of town. Rocked it for two hours. Matt came on with me. Swagzilla Zero G, Jason Barnes, Gator J. We talked a lot of we, we talked Heisman Trophy with Matt. We talked uh 2022 rookies uh, and Anthony Richardson with Gator, and we talked uh, trades with swags so that was that was cool i really enjoyed it uh, you know i critique myself pretty hard so i probably gave myself like a c um but people seem to think it went okay so that was exciting for me i really enjoyed it it was weird being on the other side of the uh microphone for matt he's usually you and him usually handle that role i'm just usually here for uh uh, unwitty quips and whatnot, but uh, no, it, it was cool. And my son got into college this week, we found out. So uh, that's a, a phenomenal thing. So 20, 2023, my uh, money's going to Ohio State uh, in the School of Music. So, Maybe you can help them buy a win against Michigan. We'll see. We'll see. It, you do have a point, though. It is weird the first time you kind of go from uh, just sitting there waiting for them to call your name so you can give your your wisdom to having to remember and, you know, try to make it a nice flow. But Get the promos, you know, smooth transitions. There, there was a chat box I had with the producer. I didn't have it enlarged, and he's trying to chat with me going into the first break, and I start fumbling. Like, what the heck's going on here? And then he gets the break going, and he's in my ear, and he's like, I'm talking in the chat. And I'm like, Oh, dang. And I'm like, oh, mess oh, that's why I can't see it. My favorite um, my favorite thing when I was in college, so I was a broadcast journalism major. I entered at a TV station. And I, you don't really realize all the stuff that's going on and all the things that are being broadcast into an anchor's ear when they're live right. on the air. And one night we were doing this, you know, like six o'clock 
news and the producer back there he's like oh watch this and he just gets on the mic and says some like really untoward things in the earpiece of the anchor while he's going finally get to break and the anchor is just like what the are you doing (laughs) it definitely made me realize there's a lot that goes on that you just aren't aware of if a show is going well (laughs) so when it, it was probably early 2000s you know, and uh, um, Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon, and mm-hmm. pardon the interruption, was just starting, and it was a radio show. And Tony was in Washington, and Wilbon or Wilbon was in New York. They they weren't in the same place, and so they were broadcasting. And but listening on the internet, you could hear you didn't hear the commercials. You heard them talking during the commercials. And for like the first year of listening to that, there was a whole lot of raucous stuff going on. Like that, that if you were listening on the internet, you could hear, you heard Tony get suspended. I mean, you didn't hear that him actually get suspended, but when you heard he got suspended, you were like, Oh, I I was there when he said that. <laughs> yeah. He's probably glad how they do it now. They're, they're hardly ever together. Now I watch that show religiously every day. Um, that's one of the few things that I, that I still enjoy. When we, when we get back from vacation, sometimes my wife is appalled because I'll watch six episodes in a row. And she's like, don't you know how these games they're previewing turned out? I'm like, I sure do. I still, it's not about the games. It's about the right. jokes. It's about the friend friendship. And it's about, it's about the camaraderie. Much like those episodes, you never know what you're going to get with them. We never know what we're going to get with Thursday night football. And in the case of last night, uh, you weren't with us on Wednesday, but Matt and I were pretty set on what we thought was going to happen. I saw you also took the Raiders, so I'm figuring you were uh, pretty set on how you thought that game was going to go. Matt, uh, on Wednesday, I, I said I thought Baker was actually going to play because I'd been reading the reports, and I thought the Rams seemed like they were in a desperation place where they were going to play him. And he's like, that just seems so hard to believe. Not only did he play, he actually pulled off the second – Come from behind 17-16 win in what like four days? It was I cannot believe how that game went. What you were probably on the air while it was wrapping up, right? I was. I was uh, you know, I came on in just in the second half, and I was it was kind of a boring game up until the last couple minutes. (laughs) And uh, you know, I was really as somebody who rosters Derek Carr. Uh, that interception at the end of the first half, that bummed me out. Uh, I do have uh, a share of Devontae Adams. And so I thought things were looking pretty good there for a while with him. Uh, but the ba- I was really pulling for Josh Jacobs. Uh, I traded for him for a playoff run. And I know he's got a tough schedule with last night being one of the easier games he has left on his schedule. And so I was kind of hoping he would would step up. But when, you know, I saw Wolford start, and, you know, I know they had said he wasn't, that he was going to give it a go. He was a, a little bit injured and whatnot, and he came out, but he didn't even attempt to pass on the first series. You know, they go three and out, and I thought, okay. And then they come out, I look up, and Baker's playing the second series, and I thought, oh, okay, they're going hot hand. I can't wait to see Bryce Perkins on the third series. And they just left Baker in there. And for a while, it was classic Baker Mayfield, four for 10 for 30 yards, you know, six for 13. He was, wasn't getting it done. He was, you know, looking, he reminds me sometimes of like, I spent 25 years in the restaurant business and there were some, some employees that had the cleanest spot in the kitchen because it didn't matter when you came up, they were always just wiping that same spot. They weren't doing anything else. They would spend their whole shift just wiping that one spot, staying there, looking like they were cleaning, looking like they were working, and just wasting time. And Baker kind of he kind of plays like that. He's lots of he, he's lots of sound and theory, but often does not deliver. Um, but then he'll pull out a game like he did last night and. People are like, oh, and you know, McVay came out today a little while ago and said he's going to let Baker start in the rest of the way. Well, they they had pretty much 
I never thought I'd see Bryce Perkins last night unless there was a series of injuries because they pretty well said it was going to be Wolford if they thought he could play. And I'm wondering if he went out there for a couple of plays and told them, like, if I have to throw the ball, I'm screwed. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if he lands on IR because when you're talking about neck injuries, that's kind of a little bit dicey. But Baker Mayfield, I, you know, maybe it ends up being one week. I was very impressed with what he did. Kind of makes you question even more what's going on in Carolina. I actually, I actually thought Ben Skoranek and Van Jefferson actually looked decent at times too, which might give the Rams fans a little bit of hope that they, they might have some depth pieces. You know, if you get back healthier, Cam Akers continues to, I mean, he's not incredible, but looks like he's working his way back in there. Their line looks like it's improving a little bit. Yep. Coming together a little bit. You know, they, they just, they, they need to down to the offensive line. I think a year from now, Cam Akers is going to have more burst and more explosion. I don't think he's going to have more vision, but he'll have more burst and more explosion. And uh, Skoranek and Van, I honestly, with Robinson and Cup out, I expect more from Van Jefferson than we've been getting. And that's kind of a part of it. It's not necessarily all his fault. He's had Bryce Perkins, who, frankly, is not going to throw the ball well. John Wolford, who's not really going to throw it well. And and Baker is pretty hit and miss with it sometimes. Um, you know, they did connect at the end of the game, and uh, that was that was definitely good for fantasy if you roster Van Jefferson. Um, but I, I don't know what – I'm tempering. To me, I think the perfect situation is Matt Stafford gets healthy. Baker Mayfield backs him up next year. Yeah. Maybe the year after. You know, he needs I think Baker needs to go the Jameis Winston route and just say, Hey, I I'm gonna I, I'm in a good situation now. And no, I'm not out front, but I'm in a good situation and I'm gonna bide my time and and when Matt Stafford retires, then I'll take over and we'll see what happens. Didn't totally work out for Jameis Winston. Well, he, but he yeah, might, I, he I got I, the shaft a little bit there. I get the theory. Maybe he'll get to play at the end of the season. You never know. On the flip side, the Raiders came in five and seven on a hot streak on the cusp of kind of climbing back in the playoff race. This is another kind of dud of a game where we see them blow a huge lead, which they have done four times now this season. Does this kind of end any talk of the Raiders working themselves back in the playoff picture to your mind? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, it, it was an embarrassing loss. Josh McDaniels, <laughs> not to lose. He had every opportunity to just apply pressure. I mean, the Rams didn't have Aaron Donald. Their defense is still okay without him, but he's he's definitely a presence. Um but to me, I feel like McDaniels just I, – I, He's synonymous with embarrassing losses. Yeah, is he? Yes. I mean, I you know, can't – the only thing that pisses me off is that I thought for a moment the Raiders were actually coming around. I was like, you know what? Maybe they're actually – no. Well, you know, I wonder, though, if – and. I don't think McDaniels is going to purposely lose games. I can see, you know, he's not he's not going to play aggressively. I could see that happening. But it almost feels like he's going to go get a quarterback next year that Carr has done. And what that whatever that means for Devontae Adams and his Derek Carr reunion, that could create a, a real firestorm in the locker room. Um, I, just, I don't see them – going and making a change at quarterback they can't really afford it from a cap perspective and i don't you know it's weird if you're gonna blame all this on Derek carr i that's feels oh. a little weird to me yeah it's it i don't think it's necessarily accurate i just think it's you know what head coaches do well you know he's not going to be happy until he's got brian hoyer or jared stidham you know i understand that's somebody who lived through Kyle Orton and Brady Quinn. Anyway, uh, 
Let's move on to the rest of the exciting Week 14 slate. There are six teams on a bye, so there are a few less games on this Sunday, but there are some really important matchups. Starting with the first one out of the box, the 7-5 and five New York Jets travel to take on the 9-3 and three Buffalo Bills. Earlier this season, Dennis, the Jets pulled off a 20-17 to 17 win over the Bills at home. That was with Zach Wilson under center. Now they have Mike White. What does Mike White need to do to get a win here? I think he needs to play within himself. Um, the The Buffalo Bills have a pretty good defense. But Mike White's kind of trending like he did last year. Flashy start, starting to fade. He's already zero touchdowns, two interceptions last week. He had good yardage, but, uh, you know, he turned the ball over and didn't score any touchdowns. Uh, I think that's definitely something that has to be – you have to keep that in mind. I, I'm I'm doing my best to not start any Jets this week because I'm nervous. It's hard to not start Garrett Wilson if you roster him, though. Um, He's about the only one I I think yeah, I would because they're – Not only night is tempting because the running game is playing well, but that, that offensive line is missing a lot of key parts this year. Uh, but Garrett Wilson's kind of channeling the, his inner <clears throat> DeAndre Hopkins. Some of those plays last week, you know, he, he's, he's a skinny dude and he's strong and he's getting the ball and he's taking it away from people and he's bouncing off them and running it. Some of those plays last week, that's what he looked like to me was, was uh, DeAndre Hopkins. And I was like, wow, I, I would have never coming into the, his rookie season. I don't think, Anybody was like, "Oh, his my comp for him is DeAndre Hopkins," but I don't know. Maybe that maybe that's the style he's playing now. Mm-hmm. Um, if if he can keep channeling that, you know, he's going to make some plays, uh, and maybe they can be competitive. I know the Jets' defense is pretty good, and it, it could end up being a lot closer game than uh, I initially expected. We know a lot about the Bills' offense, but let's turn to the defense for a minute. Tredavious White is back. Um, you know, their secondary getting healthier, but they got some bummer news this week. Von Miller went from I'm going to rest for 10 days and I'll be back to play, to play the Jets to going to IR to having season-ending ACL surgery. What does that do to the Bills' defense going forward? Well, they were good before Von got there, so – yeah, he brought he definitely brings something to the table as a pass rusher, um, but th- they're not slouches and they've got a good defense. So I, you know, there's part of me that wants to be like, oh, it's this huge loss, and and the the more rational part of me is like, well, yeah, it's a huge loss in profile, but they've got good players and they were playing well before Von got there, so. Ultimately, I don't think it, if the rest of the defense stays healthy, I don't ultimately think it really matters. I think they're still going to keep playing well. Ed Oliver and uh, is Gross Motto, no, Epinesa is in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay uh, Phillips is in Miami. There's a, they've got a, a, a young, maybe is Phil, Jalen Phillips in Buffalo? No, he's in no, Miami. No, he's in Miami. They've got some other young defensive end. That, that's been playing well. And, and like you said, uh, Jordan, uh, Jordan Phillips, it might be who you're thinking of as Phillips. They have Greg Rousseau, J- Greg AJ. Rousseau and Greg Rousseau is who I was thinking of young defensive end, but they've, they've got Jordan Poyer back. They got Tredavious white back. So in the end, I don't know that it makes um, a big difference if that defense stays healthy. Yeah. I, my main sadness about that was for Vaughn. I was kind of looking forward to maybe seeing him get to a third Super Bowl with a third different team, uh, but we probably won't see that at least this year. I am still taking the Buffalo Bills. So am I. Let's just go ahead and assume Matt's taking the Jets. Okay. <laughs> On to an AFC North battle. The Cleveland Browns, four and seven, second game with Deshaun Watson, head to Cincinnati to battle the first place, eight and four Bengals. Dennis, last week, the Browns got the victory, but it wasn't thanks to the offense. They didn't do a whole lot on the ground or through the air. Can Deshaun Watson get things going this week in Cincinnati? It's as good a week as any. I think the bigger question <laughs> is can the defense 
um, keep Cincinnati from putting up so many points that uh, That's probably the offense, no. <laughs> the offense is, is uh, you know, taking chances they don't necessarily need to. Um, you know, I think Watson is going to continue to get better. He's developed quickly developing a good connection with Amari Cooper. Um, we still have Nick Chubb and we still have Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think Njoku is back. So, and, and the offensive line is still one of the best in the league. Yeah, unfortunately, Amari Cooper uh, is questionable. I still he think he's going to play, but that's not uh, great news for Watson either. Yeah, and, and so I think, you know, it's going to take a couple of weeks to shake off the rust. I think he's going to be better than he was last week. Um, I think the team is going to get used to playing with him. Um, it, it's kind of hard. They, they haven't had a lot of time together. And so there's adjustments, not just for him, but for the rest of the team. So um, I like Watson. I just, I, I, I don't think they are going to beat Cincinnati. Now, uh, you know, I think what you have to hope for if you're Cleveland is that he takes a little bit of a step forward. It'd be nice if he threw a touchdown, you know, right. Had, it looked, yeah, like, looked a little more comfortable. 275 yards and a touchdown. Well, know. he's still working his way in. I think even just getting a little over 200 and, and throwing a touchdown, maybe not turning it over, would be a positive. On the flip side, you mentioned uh, the, the tall task for the defense in Cleveland. Hayden Hurst has been ruled out, but Joe Mixon looks like he's been cleared. He's not on the injury report anymore with that concussion. So what are you expecting from Joe Burrow and this offense? Well, I expect uh, Joe Mixon to have a really, really good game. He's had a couple weeks off. He's fresh, uh, going against one of the worst rushing defenses in the NFL. Uh, Joe Burrow and T. Higgins, and uh, who's a little bit dinged up, and uh, uh, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, they're going to keep doing what they're doing. I, the Cincinnati offensive line is much better than it was last year and better than it was at the beginning of this year still has some way to go to get uh, up into the same uh, category as Cleveland. So I do think Cleveland will be able to get some pressure on Joe Burrow. Uh, what we've seen, though, is Burrow is good under pressure. So if they're not able to sack him, there's a chance that he makes some big plays, and that's going to put pressure on Cleveland's offense. I think Cincinnati is just tuning up for a playoff run. They're going to try to make sure they keep everybody healthy. They're going to win games. I think they take over first place uh, yeah. in the AFC North this weekend. On that note, I am taking the Bengals. So am I. Now for the Battle of Texas. The 110 and 1 Houston Texans travel to battle the 9 and 3 Dallas Cowboys. Dennis, they've decided to bench Kyle Allen and put Davis Mills in this week. Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins both have been ruled out. So uh, does that really matter? It depends on what how, what you're qualifying. Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins are I better. I mean, Davis than, Mills is back. Does it really they, matter they since are, he has no receivers? They are better than, you know, Philip Dorsett and Chris Moore um, and Amari Rogers. That is for sure. Uh, however, Dallas's defense is, is a monster defense, and they give up the fewest, seventh fewest fantasy points to running backs. So I, it's going to be a tough game for, for um, Damian Pierce, which means Davis Mills, in his return to glory, is going to have to throw, you know, to, to a bunch of clowns playing wide receiver and hope stuff happens. You know, Brevin Jordan did pop off a little bit last week. He caught, I think, three passes. There is some opportunities there. I just – they don't have the horses to compete with this Dallas team. The only way they have a shot is if Dallas is looking so far ahead that they just completely forget what they're doing. And, and so, I mean, did, did you see the hurting they put on Indianapolis? Holy crap. That, that could be well, the first quarter. They really quarter only here. did that in one quarter, too. So. Yeah, that, if that's the first quarter here, the only, you know, it could end up, actually, it could really end up being very good for Damian Pierce because if Dallas jumps out to that huge lead and then they start to try to rest players, then maybe 
Houston, in response to say, hey, respectfully, we'll run the ball instead of throw it and pretend we're going to come back because we know we're not. We're really playing for draft picks. And so maybe Damian Pierce actually ends up having a, a good day uh, of sorts. Um, you know, I'm definitely not calling a 150-yard day or anything. But if he could get 80 yards and maybe a touchdown, 80 yards and three catches or something like that, um, that would be a that would be a, a game that gives me hope for Damian Pierce. But it it's likely to be ugly. Knowing Houston, they'll probably let Davis Mills throw until his arm falls off for no apparent reason. On the uh, flip side, we saw Michael Gallup. Uh, for 188 yards. I know. We saw Michael Gallup uh, get kind of into the action last week, catching a couple of touchdowns. There's also an outside possibility that James Washington makes his Cowboys debut this week. What would you think? Uh, what are your expectations for Gallup and possibly James Washington? Well, I think James Washington is what he's always been. He's Deshaun Watson-esque. He's a deep threat. That's what he did in Pittsburgh. That's Deshaun what Jackson. he was uh, Huh? Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. Did I say Watson? Yeah. yeah. Hey, Freudian slip. Um, but Washington, is he's a deep threat guy. That's what he's brought in for. Um, Gallup, who is also a deep threat, but a better route runner, I need to see him be less touchdown dependent. I'd like to see him get more volume. Um, if we can close the gap, I don't want you taking any of C.D. Lamb's 12 or 14 targets away, but maybe give Gallup six or seven targets instead of three or four targets um, to kind of give it a little more balance there. Uh, Gallup is a flex play to me. He's a, a lower end flex play right now that you're hoping scores a touchdown. He could get you two for 27, or he could get you two for 27 with two touchdowns. It's kind of a big, big game. Uh, probably looking to see uh, those guys continue to take a step forward so they can feel better about not signing OBJ. Probably the best I, news. I for feel them. great. I mean, I, I want Michael Gallup way more than I want OBJ. Well, and the, probably the best news for Dallas is they've designated Tyron Smith to return from injured reserve, which would make a big difference. I'm just going to assume you're taking the Cowboys, so I'm going to ask you a different question. The current line is Cowboys minus 17 and a half. That's still not a big enough line for me to take the Texans. What would the point spread have to be for you to start considering taking Houston after what we've seen Dallas do to Minnesota and Indianapolis? I think that's a reasonable line. I mean, oh, it's a reasonable line. I still am not taking Houston. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's what it, so when I've bet college in the past, and that's where I'm used to seeing these gargantuan um, lines, and it, it's just simply a so many things got to go right. And while they likely will, um, you have to be careful of the, you know, I don't want to say it's a gentleman's agreement, but, you know, there's, there's some teams will go out of their way not to, you know, embarrass the, the other team and run up the score because they know at some point the tables are going to turn, um, you know. If it, to me, I would. I guess for me, it's if it would have gone to over 20 points, I probably would have gone because I do picks against the spread. I probably would have gone back to Houston because I, I feel like I kind of agree with you. I don't think they're going to necessarily run it up, but I could see them winning by 20. Yeah, without, I mean, I, without really trying to run it up because Houston, I mean, for as much of a garbage heap as Denver's been, they won by 10 points over the Texans. I mean, I could see, you know, a 31 to 7 game. Yeah. You know, and that covers that spread. That covers a 17 point spread. So, you know, and, and that's a game that's, you know, it, it isn't putting up 50 like they did on Indianapolis. <laughs> 
On to Detroit, a battle in the NFC North that actually has playoff ramifications. So we're just assuming we all picked the Texans or the Cowboys, Ben. That's why I said I assumed oh. you picked the Cowboys. Oh, okay. That's why I asked you about the point spread. Gotcha. I, uh, the Minnesota Vikings are ten and two. They head into battle the five and seven Detroit Lions with a win. The Vikings lock up the division, but Detroit needs a win to actually stay alive in the playoff standings. So surprisingly going back to point spreads, the lions are favored at home in this game, despite the Vikings record, the Vikings 10 and two, but people including Las Vegas still don't really believe in them. So how important is it for the Vikings to get a win here? Do they not believe in them? Or they're like, look, I know these suckers are going to bet Detroit. Let's put Detroit in there. Uh, For me, I don't believe in them. I think there are a lot of people that don't believe they're, as good as their record. What was the question again? How important is this win for the Vikings? Oh, I think they're at the point where all their wins are important. Um, You know, they're chasing Philadelphia and being chased by Dallas. So it's, uh, it's a situation where they've got to keep stacking wins um, to make sure that they keep their confidence. Their defense has made a turnaround from last year, and their offensive line has made a turnaround from last year. They've got the best wide receiver in the game in Justin Jefferson, a very good running back in Delvin Cook. And Detroit, while they're playing better, it's their defense still has the same people on it. And there's a lot of people who – maybe playing out of their minds on that defense, but I don't think they've suddenly become, you know, really, really good players. You know, they're still the same players and it's just been fortunate that, you know, the matchups have worked out the way they have, uh, I think. So I, I, uh, uh, I'm almost talking myself into going Vikings over the lines. What's the spread? Is it what? Three and a half, two and a half. No, it's Detroit minus 0.5. Oh, so it's basically a tie. But I mean, you wouldn't expect a 10 and 2 team playing out of 5 and 7 to be underdogs at all. So. No, no, you wouldn't. So on the flip side, Jared Goff has been hot the last couple of weeks. He came out this week and said he feels like he's playing the best football of his career. Do you believe him? What? I mean, he's QB 11 over the last 3 weeks. Um he's playing good the team is playing good it's funny how it coincided with uh deandre swift getting healthy and uh some of the other wide receivers coming back josh josh uh reynolds and dj chark uh, well, i mean you, know, you do have to have players yeah, you certainly do that's probably the that's probably one of the realest things i've heard all day <laughs> um I, and i i i like what detroit's doing and Jared Goff seems to be the right guy for that offense Um, in part because they've got a great offensive line and they're giving Goff the time he needs to operate. He's not going to run the ball. I think quarterback 11 is his ceiling. Uh, I don't know that he can maintain that for a whole season. Um, He's probably more of a QB 15, 16 type. Uh, you know, he, he's kind of Kirk Cousins-ish. Um, <laughs> so you're saying this week that starting quarterbacks are going to be like that Spider-Man meme? Just yeah, exactly. That exactly. And uh, so, yeah, I agree with him. I think he's he's playing probably as good as he has been. Um, but he's just not a guy. He isn't going to put that team on his shoulders and carry the team. He needs to have all of his weapons uh, up and running well. We saw it in the beginning of the season when it was just um, him and Amon Ross St. Brown and Jamal Williams doing what he does. You know, they they thought they were playing so good that they took one of the best tight ends in the league and were like, oh, we'll just trade him to a division rival because we don't expect to be going anywhere. So they're playing, I think, above their heads right now. Uh, it's not going to last uh, I think they're going to come back to earth a little bit. I like the addition of uh, Jamison Williams. I think he's going to play more snaps this week and be more involved. Uh, I like 
see DeAndre Swift keep getting 15 to 18 touches and, and stay healthy. Um, and, and let Jared Goff be a game manager. When you have a powerful offensive weapons around a quarterback and you keep him upright, he can win you games. Yeah, and I don't know. I bought in. I'm taking the lines. Are you? I am because of my heart. I I love the Lions and I want to see him do well and I'm going to pick them while they seem to have a chance. On to the AFC South. It seems like it's division matchup week. Maybe that I guess Maybe I, it is. I didn't totally look, but I think almost all the games are division matchups or a lot of them are. Uh the Jaguars 4 and 8 travel to battle the 7 and 5 Tennessee Titans. Dennis, Jaguars have struggled a little bit of late. Uh, so has Travis Etienne. Well, what do you uh, expect from him on Sunday? No, the foot makes me nervous. Um, and I, uh, you know, when I read the show sheet and saw you had asked about him, my first reaction is it feels like in 10 years we're going to talk about Travis Etienne and lost potential. Hmm. Um, it seems like we may, we're, you know, he may have an okay career, but he's going to be in and out of the lineup because of these nagging foot injuries. Um, and it's going to cut short seasons. It's going to cut short his overall career um, just because, you know, he plays a sport where you need to have healthy feet. Hey, man. What's up? And uh, his feet need to, uh, you know, they're, they're not holding up well. So I like the talent. He's got the talent to be an, an RB1. Uh, the team, I don't think, is necessarily there when it comes to O-line and to be able to support um, him and Trevor Lawrence. They've got some things they need to work on. But I, I don't know. I think against the Titans, if he puts up you know 80 yards and five catches, I'm going to call it a win. Yeah, I mean, that – that would be a win. We haven't gotten a lot out of Travis Etienne lately. Matt has jumped in and joined us. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. You know, Sur- surviving. For... Pretty much, yeah. 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 I make you stay up too late last night. No, I actually stayed up and watched most of the most or all, that first hour. I guess I can't say most half of the show. I, I, I did go to bed at about 10 o'clock my time. I would say it's a little bit late for, for old Matty B now. <laughs> well, it's a little bit late when you get up at three in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you should have just stayed up like you're in college. <sighs> no, no, I can't. I, I can't survive those. I mean, I only get like, well, I don't even know what is that. Was it like five hours of sleep? And I, I feel extremely tired most of those days. So, well. We figured you heard the name Travis Etienne, and it was your sign to jump to finally jump back. Yeah, in. I was I was waiting. I've been I've been here really since like probably the, uh, <laughs> the like the Texans Cowboys breakdown. I was like, nah, we're waiting until Travis Etienne gets on the board. Yeah, I I kind of agree with uh, with what Dennis has said there, and we'll see. How good is Tennessee against their run? Are they really a good matchup? I can't. I'm trying to think of where their defense. How good is Tennessee at anything? You know, I'm Tennessee not the right person to ask. The, Tennessee gives up the 13th most fantasy points to running backs. So I want to see what he back. does against that defense. It's not bad, obviously. He has not been great. And I think some of that comes down to some of the concerns I've had about him since he came out with some of his vision and everything. But it's going to get the rock. It's going to be the guy. As you guys mentioned, if you can get like five catches out of him, maybe he has himself a good day here. On the flip side, for Tennessee, we've seen Derrick Henry struggle and get bottled up the last couple of weeks. Matt, how important is it for the Titans that he gets going? Um, it's huge. He is their offense. That that offense really kind of works and runs through Derrick Henry. So if he's not having a good day, we've seen Ryan Tannehill struggles, especially not having an A.J. Brown right now. You know, Traylon Burks is still banged up. He doesn't really have that alpha to go to without Derrick Henry. That offense it really has nothing. I, th- I think it's not unfair to say that Ryan Tannehill, while good, is not an elite playmaker at the at the quarterback position. So not having Derrick Henry to lie on, rely on, I think, is a big deal for that offense. Yeah. With uh, Burks being out with a concussion, really the the I guess 
juice in the passing game comes from Chiggy Okonkwo at the tight end <laughs> position because he, he's the mismatch guy because he's more athletic than the middle linebackers that, and, and bigger than the safeties. We're answering the question of why John Robinson got fired all over again. I am taking the Titans. Me too. As a, uh, wait, yes, as my yeah. Football fans, so the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Week 1, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is TPPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. Well, we had been signing you up for every underdog. You're the you're the only person who took the Jets. So hey, you're not you're <laughs> oh man, what is that saying? I wish I could remember what it is now. They're not underdogs, they're just underappreciated champions, and that's what I'm going with. Uh, we move on to the NFC East as division rivalry week continues. The eleven and one Philadelphia Eagles at the seven four and one New York Giants. Uh, Dennis, what do you think of Miles Sanders this week? The Giants are 10th. They give up the 10th most fantasy points to running backs and the fifth yards rush to running backs. So it's setting up to be a good game for Miles Sanders. It'll come down to, does that gosh darn Jalen Hurts vulture his touchdowns? You know, Uh, the answer to that question is always yes. You know, not always. I mean, Sanders had 124 and two a couple weeks ago. So it's, you know, I I think there is that as Jalen Hurts elevates his game and stops defaulting to the run as, you know, his primary mechanism of matriculating the ball down the field, um, it is opening up the running game for Miles Sanders. He's having a really good year. Uh, But that the, the, he usually the thing is Sanders they get down there and Sanders has got to get in on the first try because if he doesn't get on the first try then it's like okay well we got to do something different um, sometimes that's bringing Kenny Gainwell or Boston Scott sometimes it's run it with Jalen Hurts sometimes it's throw it to AJ Brown um, but it's never usually give it again to Miles Sanders so he he's got to make. He's got to take the one shot he gets, and he's got to convert when they get inside the five. Um, but the game is setting up for him to be able to uh, have a very productive day. You got to feel better about the ones that go to Hertz than the one that goes to Boston Scott. Yeah. Yeah, those are the ones that really hurt. Yeah, it's setting up for him to have a big game, unfortunately. You it, say the, the ones that go to Boston Scott hurts. It's uh, it, it, it definitely as Dennis said, hurts more when it obviously, as he mentions, go to Boston Scott. Uh, it is setting up for him to have a good day here. It, it's kind of been, unfortunately, the narrative around Miles Sanders the past two years, right? No touchdowns at all last year. While he's definitely getting touchdowns this year, those kind of getting vultured away at the goal line do kind of suck if you are a Miles Sanders uh, uh, manager. On the flip side, Matt, the Giants have a brutal closing stretch. They had a tie with the Commanders last week. They may not have Saquon Barkley this week. What would a loss here mean to the Giants' playoff hopes? As I don't remember what the character's name is, but as that great Mad Men character says, not great, Bob. They don't win this game here against the Eagles. They do have the Commanders, which they will still, I believe, have. Well, I guess depending on how the Commanders do this weekend, possibly a one-game lead on them. But then they get the 10-2 and two Vikings. The Commanders are on a bye, so. 
Well, they're not going anywhere, so they're definitely going to have at least the same record then if the mm-hmm. Giants lose. Uh, that's typically, well, I think, how those numbers They'll work. actually drop behind the Giants because the Giants, or behind the Commanders, because the Giants will be 0-2 in division and the Commanders have a win in division. That's all right. But they'll have the same record, so I'll go with that. I, you know, they will apparently fall behind the Commanders, though. But the 10 and 2 Vikings after that then i think they do have a shot to beat the 4 8 and 1 Colts i think that could be a game they could easily win but then you get the Eagles again in the final week of the season i think they've got to steal one of these games to stay in the playoff hunt you would rather i think do that at home with the Giants fans rooting you on than in Lincoln Financial Field final game of the season wait there's Giants fans oh yes they are ask Austin Mace about that <laughs> Uh, anything to add, Dennis? No. I am taking the Eagles. Poor Giants. Fly, Eagles, fly. Eagles for me. On to the AFC North, another interesting divisional battle. The 8-4 Baltimore Ravens at the surging 5-7 and seven Pittsburgh Steelers. Dennis, they won't commit to a starting quarterback, but uh, John Harbaugh today did finally say it's looking less likely uh, or more likely that it will be Tyler Huntley, and they downgraded Jackson to doubtful. I think we've all known it was going to be Tyler Huntley for a few days. What do you expect from Huntley against the Steelers? So Huntley is a very serviceable backup that has some upside. He plays a very similar style to Lamar Jackson, not the dynamic runner that Lamar is. And so I think what they can hope for is that he Cooper rushes this thing and just keeps them in it. It doesn't matter how good Huntley plays, though. He needs wide receivers, and they're devoid of top-tier talent at wide receiver after trading Hollywood Brown and Rashad Bateman getting injured. And so they're, you know, they're pulling the ghost of Demarcus Robinson out there. They're hoping, uh, you know, James Prochet and Devin DuVernay play over their heads that, you know, Isaiah likely steps up and they do the two tight end thing like Philadelphia used to do with him and Mark Andrews. And and that's and, and they're still piecing together the running game because Dobbins is out and Gus has just came back and hasn't been consistent yet. So I think you can hope for a win and try to play for a win, but Ultimately, I just think Baltimore doesn't have the weapons to to keep going. I think they're going to play hard for Harbaugh. I think they're going to play hard for Huntley. Um, but I just think Pittsburgh's defense is going to be there and, and take care of them. Yeah, I think it can be a tough game. Matt, on the flip side, I mentioned the Steelers are kind of surging right now. Uh, Pickett figuring it out. Najee Harris running back eight the last few weeks. What do they need to do to get the win here? Stick with what, with what they've been doing the past couple of weeks, which is Steelers football, play good defense and use the run game. Kenny Pickett, a rookie Baltimore, while that secondary is still not improved a ton since last year, I do think that like they – they still can get after the quarterback a little bit, and that front seven is very good. I think they'll be able to get after Najee and Kenny Pickett a little bit. They need to play defense against backup Tyler Huntley, keep this game close, and hope that Kenny Pickett and Najee can give you a little bit of magic late in the fourth quarter to win this game. I am actually taking the Steelers. I'm taking the Steelers, too. Give me the Ravens. Oh, I never thought I'd see the day. Neither did I. Uh, another, a, we'll say it's a division battle, but it's really more like a division beating. Uh, the nine and three Kansas City Chiefs travel to the nine or to the nine and three. I wish to the three and nine Denver frauds. Uh, Matt, yeah, the Chiefs receivers are going against a, a somewhat decent secondary. Any concerns for you there from a fantasy standpoint? <sighs> Unfortunately, not really. I think that Denver will be able to keep it close. Uh, I think they've, I mean, we've talked a lot about this, unfortunately. One of the best defenses, you could argue the best defense, based on the statistics in the NFL. But I, I think with as explosive as Kansas City's offense is, 
and how often I expect Russell Wilson to stall on offense to give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes, that at some point in the fourth quarter, this is probably going to break open a little bit more than some of these other games have. They've done such a great job of keeping these games close, haven't been able to pull out these wins. I feel like this is going to be one of those games where Kansas City pulls away late in the fourth quarter. Travis Kelsey's probably going to be fine most of the game. Maybe like a Juju Smith-Schuster, MVS, those guys don't have a ton of points. But I think it breaks open a little bit in the fourth quarter. I, I will be a good game, but I expect those guys to still be good and get their fantasy points at the end of the day. Dennis, what can you say to give me any hope that the Denver Broncos can keep this game reasonably close? There's always next year. (laughs) (laughs) So unintentionally mean. Well, my note actually said doing my best uh, Randy Jackson impersonation. uh, That's a no for me, dog. (laughs) That's more honest, yeah. I mean – Sutton's out. Russ sucks. There's no juice in the backfield. It's it's going to be a heavy lift. I I I think they can score. I don't oh. don't think they can score a lot, but I think they'll <laughs> score. You know, Kendall That's Hinton right. is coming on and playing well. You know, Jalen Virgil's a guy. Um, Actually, I like Brandon Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> Again, these are like not inspiring household yeah. names. <laughs> I mean, Latavius Murray, he's a grinder at running back, and he's going to get his, you know, 3.3. 17 carries for 47 yards. Yeah, like 3.3 yards a carry and probably fall into the end zone at some point. Greg Dulcich gives you hope because he's really good at tight end. The The offensive line needs to come around. The wide receivers need to stay healthy. You know, I, I mean, there's been like six snaps the whole season, I think, with uh, Sutton and Judy on the field together, it feels like. So um, would it just be easier to list what the Broncos are good at? Because I feel like you just listed everything. I feel that, like everything needs to be improved. That's I, a non-existent I list. They were good at. <laughs> yeah, that's a non-existent <laughs> Well, you know what? I think the only surprise in this game is that this doesn't have a Cowboys-Texans-like point spread, only eight and a half points for the Chiefs. I don't know who they pissed off in Las Vegas, but I am taking Kansas City. As am I. Yeah. Well, if you were taking Denver, I'd have other questions about you. Uh, On to a real game in the afternoon window, and that's the 6-6 and Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the 8-4 and San Francisco 49ers. Dennis Tom Brady just had a pretty epic comeback, and now he's going to his hometown region in Northern California. What should we expect from Brady and the Buccaneers? Well, he's going to be under an awful lot of pressure from uh, Nick Bosa and that defense. Um, we, we know the uh, trouble they've had with the interior of their offensive line. Eric Armstead seems to be getting healthy again. They've got a, a really, really good pass rush, and I think it's going to create a lot of problems for Brady. It seems like it is going to be a lot of short, quick passes and hope somebody can break a tackle. Uh, but against the San Francisco defense, I don't know how much tackle breaking there's going to be. Um, Rashad White and Leonard Fournette could each get 10 targets. Wouldn't surprise me a bit. Uh, it, it's it's going to be – it's a big lift. I'm – even with Brock Purdy starting at quarterback for the Niners, I am not hopeful for the uh, the Buccaneers. It feels like it's going to be a uh, – uh, there's going to be some chuck it up there and pray throws. Probably on both sides. Matt, we just he just mentioned Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, actually starting in a meaningful game in the NFL. What are you expecting from Brock Purdy in his first actual start? Not much. Uh, I expect Kyle Shanahan to continue to scheme this offense for him just to get the ball to his weapons as as quickly as possible. He's going to have Christian McCaffrey, uh, Elijah Mitchell, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. He's surrounded by weapons in a pretty decent offensive line. And we know Kyle Shanahan uh, is a very good offensive uh, play caller. So I expect him to just get the ball to those guys. I actually think, Maybe this will be a, an even bigger thing for Debo, who I know has not quite lived up to the high-end billing. A lot of people thought he was going to before the season, getting that contract and everything. Maybe he gets some more 
rushes now as well. With we saw last year that really kind of buoyed his fantasy season. Don't think he's going to be bad, uh, but I'm just not expecting a lot of fantasy. I think like your best bets probably like ten to thirteen points. I think he's just going to do a lot of distributing, and I think they're going to lean heavily on Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey. You know, the thing with Purdy is when he first got to college, he was fairly well regarded, but then he just never seemed to take the next step. He was fairly consistent, completed almost 70% of percent of his passes over the course of his career, had a, what, 81 to 33 uh, touchdown to interception ratio. Um, he attempted almost 1,500 passes for over 12,000 yards, but he just never took that next step. So... I am kind of feeling like we might be selling him a little short, uh, but he also feels like a guy that if this was next year and he had had a year plus in the system, he might be more ready. Um, but I, I don't have a – I'm not expecting him to uh, come in and throw for 450 and four touchdowns, that's for sure. First Mr. Irrelevant ever to throw a touchdown pass in the NFL, though, which is kind of cool. Something to watch for the 49ers. Fire Nick, now. Nick Bosa, Debo Samuel, Christian shirt. McCaffrey, and Eric Armstead are all listed as questionable with lower body injuries. Bosa did not practice with a hamstring injury. Samuel has a quadriceps strain. Christian McCaffrey has a knee injury, and Eric Armstead has a problem with his foot. I am taking the Buccaneers. I'm going Niners. Niners for me as well. Thanks for the gift of a game, guys. I need it. I need to buoy my spirits. Uh, now on to a non-divisional matchup, and I bet they regret that this is not that they didn't go division here. This is the four and eight Wonderkins from Carolina taking on the seven and five Seattle Seahawks. Matt, now that Sam Darnold is back at quarterback, do we like DJ Moore again? I don't care. I guess so, yeah. He's he's definitely been better with everybody but Baker Mayfield and when he's not in my lineup. So guess what, folks? Baker Mayfield only has eyes for Van Jefferson, guys. DJ Moore's not in my lineup this week, so he's definitely gonna go off for you. I'm I'm helping you guys out. I'm officially knocked out of playoffs in the one place that I roster DJ Moore. So I'm benching him for you. For you folks watching. You're welcome. Play it, put him in your lineup. So I think he'll be fine. It he de- like I said, he definitely seems to thrive. When anybody besides Baker Mayfield is under center and Baker Mayfield can no longer hurt that man. So I am here. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. You know, I I think that that Sam Darnold came off the injured list and walked up to DJ Moore with a football and said, DJ, show me on here where Baker hurt you. (laughs) He just took the ball and hit it. And that was how he hurt him. Dennis, on the flip side, Ken Walker, uh, questionable, hasn't been able to practice this week. DJ Dallas, also questionable. Uh, there's been a lot of pictures of uh, a ripped Travis Homer with his shirt off on Twitter lately, which is never a good sign. But how are you feeling about the Seattle backfield? And You know, Travis Homer had a couple decent seasons in college. He didn't break the 1,000-yard mark. He's been mostly a special teamer and a fill-in for Seattle since he has gotten to the league. He's a good pass catcher. Uh, he runs hard. He's kind of in that Austin Eckler size, maybe a little taller, but about the same weight. Um, he doesn't have the the running juice that Ken Walker has, but I wouldn't be surprised if he had a great game against Carolina. Uh, he's going to be relatively fresh. He's been out dealing with a, a little bit uh, of an injury, hasn't played a lot even before that, except on special teams. So, it's a prime situation for him to perform well. Um, I I put in a couple waiver claims for him and uh, some spots where I'm a little bit desperate. And I, I think if you need to start him as a flex play this week, uh, you could probably do worse. I am taking. I know the that's Seahawks. not a ringing endorsement, but uh, six teams on the bye, and with the injuries we've had, that's that's probably about as well as you're going to do. I'm taking the Seahawks. So am I. Same with me. NBC flexed into a good one on Sunday night. The 8-4 Miami Dolphins travel to Los Angeles to battle the 6-6 Los Angeles Chargers. Dennis, do the Miami Dolphins need to get more out of their running game? Well, it depends on what you mean by more. Like, do they just need to have a lot more yards from the eight carries they gave their running backs last week? Or do they just need to run the ball more than eight times? 
I mean, it you can't get much out of your running game if you only run it eight times a game. And so I'm not sure, you know, there's a clip going around Twitter of Mike McDaniel walking up to some players and going, hey, guys, that's on me. I effed up. I don't know if he's referring to only running the ball eight times last week or if that was some other game. Um, but you can't get more out of the running game if you're not running it. I, I do expect um, maybe a little bit of correction. You're never – when you've got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, you're never going to overcorrect. It isn't like all of a sudden they're going to only throw the ball 12 times. They're still going to be a throwing team with those weapons. But I think they want to run the ball 25 times too. And between Jeff Wilson and uh, Raheem Mostert, they've got the guys to split up that kind of workload and, and be productive with it. So, yeah, I do expect more out of the running game this week. I don't think that either of their backs – uh, probably breaks 100 yards, but I could see their lead back getting 65, 70 yards on a touchdown. Matt, on the flip side, the Chargers came into this season with a weight of expectations, and they haven't really met it. A lot of injuries along the way, but they're 6-6 six and six right now. Daunting closing schedule. If they cannot make the playoffs, is Brandon Staley in trouble? I do think he's in trouble. I, I almost think he may be in trouble even if they make the playoffs and like are one and done. There was a lot of talk early on that he might get fired because of some play calling. Yeah. It, it, it's definitely a double-edged sword, right? I mean, there's a lot of times that he's gone for it like on fourth down in his own territory and it has not worked out. And maybe that didn't cost them some games, but it does see like it feel like it's cost them others. I don't know that you can necessarily blame him for the injuries that they've suffered. You know, I still don't think Herbert's right with, with the, with the banged up ribs. He has not looked the same most of the season. So I don't know if you can put, if it's fair to put that on Brandon Staley, but as the head coach, that kind of responsibility falls on you, I think regardless whether it's your fault or not. So I think even if he makes the playoffs, there's a realistic shot that he could, unfortunately, well, I shouldn't say unfortunately, because I don't know if I want to be the head, the Chargers head coach. I think there's a realistic shot. He gets fired regardless of what happens. I don't know. I feel like he may get fired, but at some point, teams got to go, hey, what can he learn from this and how can it make him better? I think he's a pretty good coach and he has dealt with a lot of things and he's made a couple decisions, but I don't think he's lost the locker room. I think the team is still playing hard for him. Um, so I think it I, I don't think it would be the right move to move on from him. Um even if they don't make the playoffs, uh, I think he should have a chance to fix it. Yeah, there's so much pressure to win. And after the way they kind of faded and missed the playoffs last year and the way they've played this year, uh, I think that there is some serious – there have been some rumblings before. I am taking the Dolphins. So am I. Give me the Chargers. Somebody is trying to avoid that back tattoo. <laughs> This is the backpack tattoo game. I don't know why I didn't think about that. It is. It is. On to uh, Monday Night Football. And in comparison to some of the games we have on Sunday, this isn't quite as exciting. The 6-6 six and six New England Patriots travel to battle the 4-8 and eight Arizona Cardinals. Matt, we have six teams on a bye and some other grim quarterback options for teams that are playing. How do you feel about Mac Jones this week? Uh, I don't know. I... <laughs> I feel like if you're really that desperate, you'll be okay. Like he's probably, I think he's got a shot to get you like maybe 14 or 15 points. But even then I, I just don't know. Like Arizona gives up one of them. I believe they're like the fourth or fifth in giving up points to the quarterback. So it's at least a good matchup for him. My issue, I guess, with Mac Jones is he doesn't have the weapons around him to really take advantage of that matchup. So I don't know that he'll be able to do it. But if you, if you really need to rely on him, like I don't think he's going to get you eight points. I, I imagine he'll be in the 15, 16-point range, so probably like a low-end QB2 at best. I mean, with the way uh, this quarterback landscape is shaping up, that might be a mid-to-upper-tier QB2. Fair point. Dennis, the Cardinals usually start hot with Cliff Kingsbury and fall off a shelf later. They did not start hot this year. They're now sitting at four and eight. Is there any way for them to climb back into this playoff race? I mean, there's a shot, but they've got to go on a run. And, you know, they've got Hopkins back. They've got Hollywood back. 
Rondale Moore and Greg Dorch fill that other role uh, pretty equally well. James Conner is back and playing well. Um, so they do have a shot. Their defense has to step up and, and play well also. So that Kyler, I, I think what holds them back sometimes is Kyler has to play hero ball to pull out wins. So, you know, Isaiah Simmons, J.J. Watt, uh, those guys have to kind of step up and, and hold down the fort and, and keep the games close or hold the other team off. Um, I think some of it, too, depends on how the NFC East shakes out. If uh, Washington or New York start to fade, I think that kind of opens up a spot for Arizona as well. And, uh, you know, Kyler has to step up and, and make plays and lead the team. We're seeing more and more instances of him and Cliff uh, being fractured, and I don't think that's good for the team. Um, you know, it's probably worse for Cliff than it is for Kyler, if we're being honest. Um but, uh, you know, they've got the weapons to, to make a run, to, to make a push to get into the playoffs. I am taking the Patriots. As am I. I'm going to go Cardinals. Well, that will uh, wrap it up for this week. Uh, hopefully you guys uh, survive by apocalypse in a crucial fantasy week. Dennis and I will be back on Monday to look at all the exciting uh, results of this week. Let's hope we have some more games like last night where you get some unexpected uh, fun surprises to end things. So but Dennis- I want to know who in the scheduling office was like, hey, we added an extra game. Let's stretch the bye weeks out because I hear the fantasy guys are going to do that. So the, we're going to put six teams on by during the last game of the fantasy regular season. We're going to F them bad. It's not even just stretching the bye weeks out. It's the fact that it's six teams this week. Like last, the last, last time they've always league. had it too. Yeah. yeah. Usually in week 13, they had only had like two. I don't know. Dennis, if the people are on their couch crying, looking at the teams that, and all the players they're missing, what can they do to fill that hole in their lives? They need to rate, review, help us, help us out. Help us help you subscribe. We'll be there in your feed every week. Rate, review, rate and review. And hey, on a great note, we got the official notification from Ohio State University. My son has been accepted to both the School of Music and the university proper. Congratulations. I'm going to have to start doing a lot more podcasts because I got to pay for college. (laughs) Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play? I can!